Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. You're f***ing your girlfriend in a public restaurant acting like a prostitute. Don't you wish you could meet a whore like that? A lot of men are looking for a good whore that'll put out for free. Me and several other of the DJs will be out there hanging out. It's a Jay Pepe's. There's a dirty little secret. You gonna die doing this dumb ass? Yeah, f***ing fool. Open your mouth so I can give you this milk. Open your f***ing mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. He has a five, a five time, a five times earned What? I love the poorly educated. So the Indians come to town and sweep the Twins. The final today, the Indians six and the Twins two. Tonight, the little boy is stuck using a pool noodle to find his way around. He's at risk for HIV, hepatitis C, herpes, gonorrhea, chlamydia. Calling out all your fellas and ladies. STDs are tearing through folks in their 80s. Facebook thugging is a crime. You told me to leave while I'm in my order while you're making out with that slut. No, this is wrong. Oh, my God. Look at what you did to him. So kiss my black I used to be that whore. I'm not a whore anymore. White and gold winner. Chest bumps abound. The Cavaliers come from 26 down to stun the Indiana Pacers. Welcome to the Stansberry Show. Final day of the week. And more opportunities for you to win Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. It happens 10 after every hour from 6 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at night. We give you a keyword. You simply text it in. You win $1,000. I'm joined this morning, every weekday morning, by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. Buddy, I know you're going to be all pumped up today because mm-hmm. your Cavaliers mm-hmm. last night tied NBA playoff total for like comeback right like they that's what i heard is that it was a a, the the biggest comeback in nba history for the cavaliers for sure and i heard it was a a a tie of an nba record right 26 points dude absolutely insane i mean obviously last night in the first half Dude, there was a panic button getting alarmed. Flick the switch. Flick the switch. Everybody was in the right to be quite concerned about that. They did not look good. Scoring 37 points for, you know, two consecutive quarters of basketball, that's that's, that's asinine. It should not happen. Now, what I'll say about that first half is, dude, the Cavs were in a ridiculous funk, and the Pacers just couldn't quit. Like, it just, everything they did was falling magically. It was perfect storm. Everything was perfect. And it really was. And as I watch it, and kind of looked at LeBron's face. I'm like, in the first quarter, I'm like, eh, dude, it's LeBron. He's going to have an opportunity. Second quarter, I'm like, eh, dude, that's 37 points in two consecutive quarters. I don't know if he can do this. Um, but obviously, LeBron has some uh, some belief in himself and, yeah, and, and, and and belief in the dudes around him. Dude, it was amazing to watch. I fell asleep at halftime. My girlfriend's like, let's go up to bed. We'll watch it in bed. And I fell asleep at halftime. And then the third quarter, she starts nudging me. She's like, you better wake up. And I'm like, yeah, she's, she's like, you better wake your ass up. And dude, one of the craziest parts about that, dude, that comeback last night, Kyrie and Kevin Love weren't even a part of it. Weren't even yeah. a part of it, dude. Like that was all that was all production primarily from LeBron James and 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 on production from that bench, dude. And honestly, 
obviously a tale of two halves. Obviously, it could go either way, and you don't want to live on that razor's edge. But as for as much as I've felt, well, no lead is safe with the Cavaliers because they've blown so many. Dude, no deficit is is insurmountable. By Not me. against Indiana. I, I would agree with that. I don't think Indiana is good enough to where no matter what they're leading, uh, could LeBron and company not come back in? That's What a demoralizing loss for the Pacers. If you're an Indiana Pacers fan, you just got to be bummed out because, dude, you gave it your all and you still couldn't get there and that was I mean dude that was probably it for Paul George like that was probably it where he was like you know what after this year I'm telling Larry get me the hell out of here I want out of here you know either get something for me or I'm gonna walk out that's more likely to be I'm gonna walk out you know what I mean at this point I can understand a frustration from a superstar of like well an all-star of like Lakers sitting there with open arms waiting on waiting on another superstar to come there and yeah I think Paul George is probably out and now impressive as that was last night and I, I certainly think it's going to go to cement you know LeBron's legacy in the sense of another one of the all-time greatest performances of his career. It reminds me of Detroit in 07. But the thing I'll say about that is is like I don't even know if that was the biggest like comeback or biggest blown game in the past calendar year. I mean, you got to think about the Super Bowl when the Falcons dropped, you know, that uh, that's huge, a good point. huge lead in the yeah. Super Bowl. You've got to think about honestly, when Golden State was up 3-1 as like the best team in NBA history, the best team in NBA history. And this one's going to sting. I, when the Indians were up 3-1. Well, yeah, but the Indians, yes, I agree, but they weren't one of the best teams in history. No matter what would have happened there, nobody would have been like, best team ever. If the Golden State Warriors would have won, everyone would have said best yeah, but team keep, ever. Yeah, I, true, but keeping with your theory. Sure, uh, yes. Um, you know, because the Atlanta Falcons aren't considered to be one of the best teams ever either. You know what I mean? But that was a horrible laydown in the second half. It was. It, it just seems like over the past year, there has been so many huge drops of the ball by teams or at least so many huge comebacks by other teams. I guess, we, we, you know, depending on where you sit is where, where you, you want to look that. at it. But it just seems like, dude, at any point you can think, oh, this team's got it. This team's got it locked up. It just does not seem no lead seems safe anymore. I would think Falcons probably worse because it's a championship yeah. game. This is only like, you know, round one of the playoffs. Yeah. Now, for Indiana Pacer fans, this might as well be the NBA Finals. And I think as far as individual performances goes, like I said, I mean, this cements LeBron's legacy. For but, sure it but, does. But, 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 you know, it's just a, uh, like I said, just so many different ways that these teams lose. And it's like, oh, my God, you think you've got it figured out. You got no clue what's going to happen. Yeah, man, he is. I mean, he's amazing. Look, I, you, you know, you can knock him for the resting, which I heard Pat Riley take a huge wipe at him yesterday about it and you know you can make it you know you, you, you can do all that but when the, while in jersey while ball in hand he's something to see man like he's just something to see beat kobe last night and then playoff points i yeah. mean it's significant you know achievement right there and i always say that like whether or not you want to crown lebron the goat right now or not fine Okay, there's definitely arguments of him not surpassing Jordan yet. I personally believe he has. That's just my personal opinion. But there are definitely solid arguments on the other side that says, no, 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 he's not close yet. Okay, there are some. But I have always said the greatness about LeBron James is he's taken another great completely out of that conversation. Kobe Bryant's no longer even part of that conversation. Now, you could talk about him being one of the best Lakers ever. But good luck. I mean, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're you know, they're uh, storied there with stars. And so LeBron's taking Kobe out of the conversation. If that's not enough for people to take a, like a deep breath back and be like, oh, my God, this guy's pretty great. And 
I myself have been guilty of this, and I know a lot of us have, where it's like we're kind of tired of LeBron. Even though he's ours, and even though he's winning for us, we're kind of tired of it. Like, and Not like you're like, screw him, but it's you're so used to seeing him do freakish things that it doesn't look freakish anymore. Like when, That's how great he is. When you can take extraordinary and make it look ordinary, that you're pretty great at what you do. When you can make... Cleveland fans tired of winning? Yeah, I guess. I'm bored with winning. I guess. I really I mean that does yeah. speak to it. You know, uh you know Twitter's telling me he's the real MVP. And you know, I've heard other people make this argument and it's totally true. LeBron James is the MVP of the league every year, but you can't give it to him every year. There are definitely single season guys who you know kind of deserve this thing a little bit, but LeBron's the most valuable player to the league for sure. But I understand why people wanted to give it to Russ this year. I get it. I, I totally get it. Even though now in the playoffs, it doesn't look like uh, it does not look like they're going to advance past Houston. But you know what are you going to do? I mean, you run into a good team. You run into a good team. That's what's going to happen. But I would agree. LeBron's probably the MVP every year that he's been in the league. But you know how those contests go. It's a, you know what I mean. You got to move it around. Otherwise, you know the league just gets less and less interesting. But LeBron and company are something to see. I'll be honest with you. At halftime, I was like, I don't know how this one's going to turn out. I kind of feel like, do they need to flick the switch? I even tweeted it. I was like, flick the switch. Next thing I know, I wake up in the morning. I was like, oh, my God, dude, look at this. They totally came back from that, man. He is, LeBron is something else. We are giving away $1,000. We're doing it every hour. Your first opportunity is coming right now. On Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 8.30, we'll pass out a pair of tickets for Vans Warp Tour. That comes back to town July 18th out of Blossom. And also, every hour on the program, you get hooked up with $1,000 with Rock 1069's Workday Double Pay. You know, I was just looking through. You know, Fantone and I will email each other back and forth things that we see all day. And be like, dude, this might be a good topic for the program. And I see one of the things he sent me is the financial disclosure of our company that was made public yesterday. Ooh. Yeah, bro, I'm not reading that. Ooh, here's some quarter one numbers for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not reading that. No, 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 you probably shouldn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like when you sent that to me, I was like, dude, why is he polishing this loaded gun and handing it to me? Definitely don't read it on the radio. I wouldn't even recommend it to read it off the no, air. No, I won't. No, it's going to be depressing for you. Here's like, the thing. This is where the paycheck comes from. I like being in denial about the place yeah. I work yeah. at. No matter be. where it was. If it was here, there, or anywhere, no matter what the industry is, I just kind of like, here's this is me. I like showing up. Mm-hmm. I like doing my job to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. And then I like going home. I, dude, I don't want to be involved in the office politics, although I would like to be employee of the month just once. You think I One would time. hit it? One just, time. Dude, in a building full of 26 people, you think just, you know what I mean, I'd be able to hit it once? I'm, Turns out, no. I'm feeling like a second rain might be coming on. I feel like I've done a lot this month. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> did a lot this month, did you? Showed up. I also saw you sent me this, and I didn't know this happens, but dude, some companies are just smarter than others. Of course. Right? Some businesses... When you're in a space, when you're in a business space, and meaning like you provide this product, chances are you're not the only business providing said product, right? That's called a business space. And certain companies in their space are smarter than others. And you become like the brand. Kind of how like the iPod, no matter what kind of MP3 player you have, you call it an iPod. Kleenex, all that stuff, Right. right? No matter what pornography site you use online, 
it's referred to in the jokes or in the conversation as Pornhub. Like, they've become like the Walmart of online pornography. And I would imagine that that doesn't just happen accidentally. Like, there's got to be good people working for the company that are smart, that understand how to A, advertise to you, B, how to set up the website that's, you know, pleasing to the eye and, like, functionality and all that stuff. And then they think outside the box, Pornhub does. Remember, didn't they put people in space and they were going to bang for that? Yeah, yeah. And they did the Super Bowl halftime show where it was like a live uh, They live streamed, yeah. 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 And so they get your attention. Yeah. I, I actually, Pornhub, the number two uh, pornography site in the Is world. It? Yeah. Uh, we'll run out the top five here. Number 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 five, you got redtube.com. Yeah. Uh, number four, xhamster. Number yeah. three, xnxx.com. Number yeah, people tell me about that one all the time. I've never seen it. Number two, Pornhub. And uh, the number one, adult, uh-uh. Xvideos.com. Okay. Now, they're game strong, too. No, okay. Now, see, <laughs> it is. It is. Well, you know, Coke Pepsi there, you know what okay, I mean? Okay, yeah. I, I, all right. Honestly, I really did think Pornhub was going to come in at number one because it's what I hear everybody say. It's what I see all the time. You see the t-shirts and, and all this stuff. Well, it's not like they're the RC Cola. Coke Pepsi, RC right. Cola, you know, Dr. Thunder. Those are all. Those, are all those two are controlling the space. Sure. Everybody else is playing catch up. And Pornhub is 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 at the top of their game because, like I said, they think outside the box. And I didn't even know they did this. But apparently they just gave a University of Michigan student a $25,000 scholarship. No, she didn't have to do porn to do it. I was going to say that happens at Hot Labs every single weekend. It's a $25 scholarship here at Hot Labs. Who's going to win it? I don't know what your obsession with Hot Labs is. I got to get over there to find out like why you're lap obsessed. You don't like racing. You don't like any of that stuff. I can't for the life of me figure it out. You'll have a good time. Pornhub awarded Natalie Neverez. A grad student at the University of Michigan, $25,000 from the adult website through their Pornhub Cares Scholarship. Well, that's sweet of them, right? I mean, you know, if, 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 if we're all going to live in this land or this times of us having to care, I'm glad that Pornhub cares as well. Damn right. Yeah. Damn right. Damn. They started this scholarship, the Pornhub Care Scholarship, last year. Now, it's out to recognize people that are somehow making a difference and making people happier through their leadership skills. This year, they wanted to award one woman who's pursuing an education in science, technology, engineering, or mathematics. So this doesn't... STEM ha- is what that's called. Yeah, so this doesn't have anything to do with, like, sex. Like, this has no... This wasn't because she's, like, a stripper and... Because that would, I feel like, be appropriate. Like, like I'm stripping my way through college. Yeah. Here's, here's 25 grand. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I feel, I feel like that would be appropriate. And I, I understand why when it comes to stuff like scholarships and grants, like, there has to be terms and conditions. Like, you know, well, yeah, we're giving out a scholarship, but it's only to left-handed people. Or, yeah, we're giving out a scholarship, but it's only to... You know, I understand that. I'm, I'm shocked it's not a part of it. Neverez is wrapping up her final weeks at U of M before she receives her PhD in uh, biopsychology. In addition to winning the judges over with the work she's doing, she also talked about being the daughter of a Mexican immigrant and how having an education was the sign of the American dream for her. In her submission video, um, she says that she is studying the neurobiology of monogamy and how uh, transmitters in one's brains affects their attachment to relationships. Of course, porn, I'm going to be a little interested in that, okay. which happens to be similar, they claim, to addiction. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but she's claiming that, that it is a little bit. We have her submission video. 
And so if you want to see what gets you $25,000 from Pornhub, you can. It's up at WRQK.com in the Stansberry Show section. It's pretty interesting. I, I, yeah, certainly. I, I, I'm, I, like I said, I'm just surprised that this was a, a, a person decided based on really what they were doing. And maybe you're right that the, that the fact that it is about you know monogamous relationships, maybe that is a part of the reason part why Pornhub was, in, was yeah, involved. Yeah, she's studying something about sex, so yeah. So uh, Yeah, but it just seems to me like it just would have been a much more appropriate, like, what was that chick from Duke who Kendra Sun? Sunderland or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. It was like the cam girl live on the Duke University. That's what I thought it would have been for sure. Yeah, you're already you're in right? school. Right? You're doing that whole thing. You get noticed because of this. They want they want exclusive rights to more videos. Sure. So they give you the scholarship. Yeah, I agree with that. That's what I would have thought it was, and that's kind of why I found it to be interesting. Is that again? Here's this company that people are going to call smut, and they're out actually doing something somewhat nice. And it seems like for the right purposes, and this is the way yeah. you get like good press for your brand. Yeah, I, I, I guess do do people when they're consuming pornography necessarily care that you're you know a good company that you're a moral company? You know what this is? This is a lot like advertising on the radio. Though. Okay, and people ask me about advertising on the radio all the time. Obviously, as I host a show, and people say to me, "Does it work?" And this is what I say, and you know. I, Man, my boss is in the car. He, he might not love this. But the truth of the matter is this. Me saying to you, hey, this is Stansbury 4, is not going to make somebody who was not looking for your product to go and get it today. Right. What it will do is when people want the product, again, the space that you're in, the business space you're in, when they want said thing, they'll go, well, you know, he's always talking about that. Let's just try that. Radio has a really broad net, and I guess, you know, obviously different than Pornhub, but the more you can broaden your tent, the more, you know, the bigger the umbrella you have. Right. Yeah, right. Maybe maybe it's not like the main decision you make when you're like, God, I got to go masturbate. <laughs> but, but, but you hear Pornhub enough times and you get mentioned on the Stansberry show enough times, times. you're going to go to that website. Yeah. What, you know, exactly. When I want this, you know what? I'm not putting one of my clients next to Pornhub. <laughs> no, just let that one go. I was going to work them right in there, and then I was like, you know what? I'm willing to bet against Pornhub. It's Friday. My boss already wants to meet with all of us individually today. I already feel like I'm either getting battled or fired, and I don't want either, so I'm not putting one of our clients next to Unless Pornhub. Unless you were going to say hot laps, that was a good decision. If you want to check out her submission video, like I said, that is up for you at WRQK.com in the Stansberry Show section. We'll be right back with more show. Hang on. Stansberry Show on Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Your next opportunity to get hooked up with $1,000 with Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay happens 710. That's the next time you get a keyword. Good start to the weekend, right? Yeah, be good. Thousand bucks richer. Yeah, I would like to. Actually, I got my state tax refund yesterday. I didn't get my federal yet, but I did get my Ohio uh, tax return yesterday, and I did. I felt a little, felt a little powerful. Did uh, did you have to do one of those identity testings that they send for the state income tax returns? I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Like an identity test, to, like to make sure Not that this you are. Year. No, you didn't have to. I did got that. I did get it last year. Um. So Neil writes in. He says it cracks me up how Fat Toad's always talking about hot laps. I've lived in Louisville most of my life, but was born and raised there. Moved away twice, even. Says I've been there maybe three times. And Come no, on, bro. He's like short time all three Come times. Come on, bro. Says it's always been a little bit of a dive there. 
Now that's one person's review. I don't do think that not, that's fair. Do not try to come in here on a Friday and try to drag hot laps through the mud, dude. I'm not going to stand for that. You know I'm not going to let that happen. Dude, That's that's it's ridiculous. You've only been to hot laps three times and you've lived in Louisville your entire life? Dude, that's like people who lived in Canton their entire life, never been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. What the hell is wrong with you people? Honestly, you would think it being in Louisville, it would be called hot laps and mud flaps. <laughs> that's like that's what you think it would be called. I've never been. I, I'll tell you, somebody sent me a, a photo of the street sign yesterday. Yeah. That made me want to go. I know it does, dude. The road sign was like, you know what? I bet good times are at in there. And, and no joke, dude. You can see on the hot lap sign, they proudly serve Mountain Dew. And I'm sure Mountain Dew is thrilled to be associated with a brand such as hot laps, baby. <laughs> dude, your kitchen sink in Louisville serves Mountain Dew. <laughs> Like, that's the big draw. It's not like a drink special or anything like that. It's just like, yo, we got Mountain Dew here. We got Come Free on Dew. in. You know what? That's probably not nice. Well, dude, it's true. I'm telling you facts here. I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure matter. right now somebody's like, I live here, dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. We just needed to have a little bit of fun. Man, that's funny. Oh, God. All right, so I quit smoking. God, it's been over four and a half years now. It'll be uh, actually five years come January. You've been off them now how long? I mean, almost this entire run of the show, two years, two and a half years yeah. plus. I mean, I, I, I feel like I have to at least give at least somewhat of a confession here is that like I will smoke, but it's very special occasions. Like if I feel like I'm in vacation mode, like I go somewhere out right. of town, I'll smoke. Like You're so lucky. When I go to weddings, I don't know why but like weddings i'm like yeah dude we're all drinking and let's go outside smoke and like so I, i'll flirt with it but i'll never do it in canton i'll Date never it. do it i'll never do it at home i'll never do it because once i pass that i'll never do it in my car because once i cross that bridge i know i'm done yeah I, having just bought an, a new car oh. again thank you wake auto i uh i i'm so happy i'm a non-smoker because yeah. every dude i've had that car now over a month and a half and every time i get in it, it still smells fresh and new everything still smells yeah because i don't smoke in it yeah and i unlike you cannot like dip my toes in the water I don't think most people should try to do it the way that I do it. I feel like I flirt with disaster every single time I do it. That is what you're doing. I, you yeah. know, I, 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 I acknowledge that. I do. There's plenty of things I hate about you. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you can do this, honestly, it makes me jealous. My friend Allison's very much the same way. She'll buy a pack of cigarettes. She'll have them two weeks. If I could take a pack of cigarettes and make them last two weeks, I would never quit smoking. Yeah, I would have a harder time with that. Like smoking a cigarette a day, that's where I'd have a problem. For for me, it's like I'm gone for three days and I'm gonna smoke four packs of cigarettes. And then when I get wow. back and then when I get back on Monday, I'm not smoking at all. My buddy John had quit for seven years. His girlfriend, fiance rather, has maintained being a smoker the entire time through. Oh, that's tough. He started hitting hers uh, occasionally. Uh, and no, so sure enough, I saw him last weekend. He was like, bro, he's like seven years. He's like, and now I'm back to a daily smoker. Yeah, you're doing it on a daily basis. That's why I binge on him. That's why I'm like, all right. Because like, even my girlfriend was like, hey, babe, look at the weather forecast next week. We should go camping. Like, dude, next weekend, I got time off. She's like, you get out of work early on Friday. Let's go camping. And I'm like, yes, yes I'm going to smoke. So, I'm going to smoke so many cigarettes. Okay. You know I've never asked you this. So when you go and when you like smoke yeah. cigarettes, like what is it? Like what do you smoke? Uh, Marlboro Menthol Lights primarily. Those yeah, are like those are my those. those are my favorite cigarettes of all times. But since I know that I'm going to be like 
in a, in a very closing window there, I'll be like, all right, I want a pack of Marlboro menthol lights. I want those Camel menthol light wides. Let me get those. Uh, let me get those American spirits. I'll buy like four different kinds of cigarettes because I know I'll buy cigars. I'll be like, dude, you do tobacco in it. I'll do. I'll put a dipper in one time now. Kick the dust up. Well, if you're camping, Come on. when camping, yeah, dude, you, know you, might as well, you might as well do it. When by the bonfire, you might as well do it. Put you, a dipper in one time. You do a low cash once. Louisville style, man. I like one time now. I, uh, I was a menthol cigarette smoker when I smoked cigarettes, yeah. and I started on menthols because people always wanted to bum cigarettes, and I was like, eh, most people smoked Marlboros or Marlboro Lights, and back in the day, I'm so old, like, Newport's <laughs> hadn't really hit. Ah, you know what I mean? and so cool thing, yeah. Yeah, so, like, my buddy Dave Redhillen, actually, and I kind of ushered Newport's into Twinsburg. Uh, is that sorry, what about, so, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about that. So, it was kind of as rap music was becoming cool, we were all like, okay, I could smoke a menthol. I Give can me do the ports. That. I need the ports. <laughs> I could do that. All right. And I, uh, I will admit that I miss cigarettes dearly. I, I joke about it on, on the program a lot where I say at 50, I'm going to start smoking cigarettes. I'm going to bang hookers. And by 50, I mean 45. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, but I do. I miss them dearly. And I wish that I, like you, could pick them up, kind of play with them, and then put them down. But I know I can't because I quit once before in my life, two years, smoked on my birthday, and I woke up. There was a carton laying on the, on the floor, and I was like, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. And I don't want this. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is is that I guess the mayor in New York City wants to raise cigarette prices in New York. He wants right. them to be by far the highest cigarette prices in the country. Now, I was maybe a little shocked to find out that they weren't there already. You yeah, know what I mean? I would have to assume that. I mean, assume. New York City, everything's more expensive, but then you throw cigarettes on it, and yeah, I would assume they're already you know, leading the nation. And so I found... Some numbers on cigarette pricing, okay? And I'm reading this from fairreporters.net. This was updated early April this year. About two weeks ago, this was updated. And I was surprised to find this out. Because having lived in California in my early 20s, cigarettes were more money there then than what this says. This says right now. Now, this is like an average of like the state. All right, this isn't city by city. It's an average of the price in the states. But California's average is 589. I was shocked to find that out. Yeah. When I moved, I lived in Modesto, made famous by Scott Peterson, right? And I've lived in many cities in California, but once upon a time I lived in Modesto, which is a kind of in between Oakland and San Francisco, kind of you know, give you some context of where it is, right? And I had moved there from like Ohio where cigarettes didn't cost very much money at all 20 years ago. And they were asking like $9 a pack, like $8.50 a pack then. I'm surprised to find out. Like, I can't imagine anybody reduced prices of cigarettes since then. It's probably one of those things where it's a, you know, there's probably a lot of difference in between city to city to city. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. probably a, a lot of tax comes from that local level. So, I, dude, because when I lived in Fresno, I can remember spending a ton of money it on cigarettes. It was a ton of money. Too, yeah. Now, Michigan, where you had once lived, their average is around eight bucks a pack. Yeah, definitely more expensive than Ohio. I can remember when I lived in Michigan, I would like come home to visit the family, and like in Toledo, I would stop and be like, "Yo, Carton, here now, I need it." Because ah, you know, smart as, move. As, as, as you got up there, they just get more expensive. Oregon, where I had lived, the average is around five sixty nine. Now, when I had moved there, I was smoking Marlboro Menthol Lights, but they had moved me. You know, certain towns are like certain brands are are, are more like available and sure. 
on sale more and sure. this and that. I became a Camel Crush smoker there because uh, I could get those for four fifty a pack. Uh, and they always and I, had coupons for those too. I can remember yeah. smoking a bunch of crushes because they were cheap. Now Ohio, they say here, our average price is six dollars and three cents. Per pack. That sounds right to me. That sounds like if I were to go to a gas station right now, that's about what I would expect. To that's about right. I right? think so. Okay. So for me, I would have to round up because I'm going to, as a smoker, I would smoke more than a pack of cigarettes a day. Jeez. So I'm going to call it $8. Okay. All right. Because it's like pack and then a little bit into the next one. We'll just do this by 30 days in a month. That's 240 bucks a month. That's a car payment. When you put it through that filter, it's crazy how much money it is. It's a car payment, and then you multiply that by 12, and then you multiply that by 4, because you've, you, you know, you, you've saved a bunch of money. The thing I'm going to say about it is with quitting smoking, it's so effing frustrating because you think, like, dude, if I just put down the cigarettes, dude, I'm going to be a rich man. I'm going to have so much extra money, and it's like, no, I don't. Well, immediately it goes to fast food because a lot of people... It's transference. You stop smoking cigarettes, you start eating more. I definitely did the first time I, I, I quit smoking cigarettes, and some would make the argument I'm still doing it. Still working on it. But if I had to try to find 240 bucks next week for something, I don't want to have to do it. I couldn't do it. If it was like, yo, here's an extra $250 a month payment that you have to make on something, dude, I, don't, I can't, can't, can't do that. So New York currently, the state... The average is twelve eighty five. God damn. The average God. is twelve dollars eighty five cents a pack for cigarettes. Now, the mayor of New York City wants it to be thirteen dollars minimum for any city statewide. He wants it to be thirteen dollars minimum. I don't know how people can afford to do that. It's six bucks. I can't fathom how people afford to do that. I did, but it's, I don't know how I did it. But you I, will, $13? You'll always make money for things that you want. You'll yeah. find money for things yeah. that you want. But it's crazy. Like, when I see people who will complain to me about, you know, and again, they're probably right. Don't make enough money. Don't drive a nice enough car. Don't have all this stuff. And I start adding up. Like, one day, all right. So, one day, I was like, I was talking with a family of three people. Father, wife, and like daughter, right? They're all smoking cigarettes. And they were all talking to me about finances. And I thought to myself, I'm like, dude, you're a family of three. All three of you are smoking cigarettes. That's what? Gonna be 600 bucks a week? If not more? Maybe a little, let's call it 500. Fine. That's crazy. $500? You're getting into like car payment and insurance territory at that point. Like poor people with pets, dude. I understand that, like, hey, addictions are addictions, and you want what you want in your life. But there comes to be a point. But I, I here I am. I'm telling you, when I was a smoker, that's when I was probably the worst financial position that I had been in in my life. And, right? Because honestly, smoking led to part of that. I, well, and I wonder, did smoking lead to a part of that, or was it like, dude, my life sucks right now. I don't care. I'm just going to smoke cigarettes. Probably a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Probably self-serving cycle. There. To be honest, yeah, it would probably have to be yeah. Virginia. You can get them five twenty-five a pack. Um, duty free three eighty. Obviously, wow. obviously, smoking cigarettes is terrible for the country in the sense of like it is a huge, a huge, huge cost of 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 healthcare. It's a huge, you know, killer of people. But is this fair to cigarette companies? No. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is we're trying to price them out of being in in business. 
That's what they're trying to do. They would they would rather us not do it. Is that okay? I mean, it's it costs us. I mean, it, it is. It's a huge like anchor on healthcare costs. Yeah, get ready for Coke and Pepsi and all those companies to be the next ones of these. Get ready. That's going to be the next thing. The sugar is going to be the next thing. And no, ultimately, to answer your question, no. The government doesn't know more than I do. They don't know what's better for me. They don't know what's better for you. And ultimately, you, you should just allow businesses to be who they are. Now, you want to outlaw it smoking in public? I understand that because it affects other people. But purposely going after the money of it, and they say it's to, to combat teen smoking, and if it does that, that's I, that I like that, but I don't know if I like how we got there. I'm like you. I like business being able to operate. At least this. I'm just glad I'm off of them. You do feel so much better. You yeah, feel you so much yeah, better. Browns fans, bad news. Schedule came out. <laughs> we'll run it down next on the Stansberry Show. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. You should be happy you're here. I mean, the show's not that great, but you're going to win a thousand bucks in a few <laughs> minutes. You know what I mean? We'll give you the next keyword for Rock 1069's workday double pay. Now, I was under the impression the show was all right, but believe me, I had a meeting with the boss earlier this week. Turns out, no, it's not very good. Not very good at all. <laughs> Turns out it's not that good. Why do you guys talk about hot laps so much? Stop talking about hot laps. Never, never. I hope you don't ever stop because it makes me never. laugh. <laughs> and it makes me laugh. So we'll get you hooked up with a thousand bucks. Rock 1069 workday double pay right around the corner. You know what happened last night? Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers came back from the biggest deficit in NBA playoff history, won yeah, that game. Yeah, but nobody cares. Uh, nobody cares. Nobody cares. That's the first round of the Eastern, you know, Eastern Conference playoffs. Nobody cares about that. What happened last night, buddy, is that. The Browns 2017 schedule comes out. It came out. We have it. And I will admit, Fantone, that there was part of me that, like, I was getting ready. I ordered pizzas, getting ready for the Cavs game, and I was like, you know what? It's LeBron. It's the Pacers. Even if they lose tonight, I know we win the series. Right. There's no drama in this. Right. Somebody give me the Browns schedule. I found I, I was one of those people that you don't like last night that was like, here we are. We got a championship team. They're making another run. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. I, I know nobody can see me roll my eyes on the radio, but like, yeah, we where's, can. where's the drama in, in, in the Cavaliers? Mm, I don't know. Where's the drama in the Browns, dude? They're going to lose every game. <laughs> like, they're, If you want to talk about a lack of drama... I mean, the Browns are the least dramatic team in, on the face of the earth. You know they're going to lose it all. We'll skip over preseason, and let's, we'll okay. just go straight to the regular season. Week one in the NFL. Week one, September 10th. You get the Pittsburgh Steelers in town. That's going to go well. Now, I understand what the NFL does there, right? Your product's now just coming back to the television. Let's get these. Let's get some big rivalry type games out. Let's get some, you know, that they, they gets the fan bases in fever. I totally understand it. But then, shouldn't it be the Ravens and Steelers? <laughs> right. I mean, what rivalry is there between the Browns and the Steelers outside of 
Cleveland, I guess. I mean, people think it's a rivalry, but outside of, outside of Browns like fans, nobody else thinks that's a rivalry anymore. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. Least of all the Steelers. Yeah, I remember last year we had Ben Roethlisberger. We had a piece of audio we ran on the program where he couldn't remember all the quarterbacks he's faced. Insane. Insane. I remember that now, and you're right. That was absolutely ridiculous <laughs> that he couldn't remember all the quarterbacks from Cleveland that he's faced. That's, dude, what, what, what a statement on the organization. So, who, uh, Hugh's second year starts with Pittsburgh at home, then we're Loss. on the road two weeks consecutively. Ooh, you, loss, uh, loss. Second week's Baltimore. Loss. Then week three, you go to the Colts. Loss. Come home for the Bengals. Loss. A week after that, you're at home again against the Jets. And then the week after that, you go at Houston. So we'll take Brock Osweiler back on the road where we got him from. Because um, they're saying now Brock Osweiler will have a chance to compete for the starting job. I don't see why not, unless it was a trade. I mean, unless it was a trade that made sense and you wanted, but like, I don't see why everyone's like, nope, Brock Osweiler can't even give him a shot. Can't well, even look at the guy. I think he's terrible. I, th- I, I think the book's been written on how terrible he is, but like you, we need an RG3 out yeah. there, so I guess he'll, he'll do as well as that. Somebody's going to need to get his ass kicked for 16 games. Might as well be him. Then they come home versus the Tennessee Titans. That's week 7, October 22nd, so Marcus Mariota crew will be in town and then buddy we get a london game week eight october 29th minnesota vikings 9 30 in the morning nfl network jeez london vikings browns that's see here's where the nfl i don't get it like i understand wanting to expand your brand go worldwide that whole thing i totally get it but like you're gonna export the browns like you want them to wrap their arms around football and you're gonna send them sloppy football it doesn't make sense to me. I understand that there's going to be like, a, well, every team needs their opportunity to head over to London and play in front of, you know, the, the, the bloody Brits over there. But I don't understand why on earth you would send the Cleveland Browns to a foreign country. That just seems like it's going to be a terrible decision. Doesn't Can you imagine that tea and crumpets? Big Ben standing there. The queen is there. And then all of a sudden you got the Cleveland Browns yakety stacking it up, man. Week nine, November the 5th there. You're, uh, you're on a bye. Then the following week, you go at Detroit. Come home then versus the Jaguars. Two more games on the road. Cincinnati Bengals, Los Angeles Chargers. And then at home versus Green Bay. So we'll at least get to see Aaron Rodgers at home. Then Baltimore's here. And then you end the season on the road at Chicago and then at Pittsburgh. So you start with Pittsburgh, end with Pittsburgh. And again, I understand why the NFL is bookending that. I I do kind of get that. And so, you got to give Pittsburgh an opportunity to make the playoffs there. Like, guys, we know, sorry, you know, but hey, you'll have Cleveland at the end of the year. You'll get another win. It'll be fine. All right, so we'll split with Cincinnati, I think. We'll at least win one of those. We can win at Indianapolis, I think. Uh, Houston's going to be tough. We won't win that. Um, Detroit's better than we are. Chargers. Oh, my God, dude. We could win at the Bears week 16. I have this at three wins, Phantom. Three. I don't. I can't even say that. Like I know enough about other NFL teams to be like, well, we're better than him. Or oh, that guy's good. No, dude. At the end of the day, the Browns are just so bad. Three wins. That's optimistic. Probably realistic. I would say two, one, two, three wins. Four at the most. And dude. All right, hold on. Let me really look at this. We won't split with Pittsburgh. We may split with Baltimore. So I'll give them one of those. We'll win at Indy. We'll beat the Jets at New York. So there's three. I want to say Jacksonville, but I don't know if you can. We'll beat the ba- yeah. You know what? They go four and twelve next year. 
I, I feel like with all these, I we'll mean, we'll beat the Bears four I, and twelve. Uh, there's there's things that the Browns could do, but I don't feel like it's realistic to say, well, dude, they're definitely going to do this with any team because they're they're comically maybe arguably the worst team in pro sports, dude. Maybe the worst team in all of professional sports. And for some reason or another, every year this time comes out. Sacramento oh, Kings draft drafts coming up, dude. Drafts coming up. It's going to be great, dude. Oh, dude, preseason schedules out. Browns are going to be awesome. No, they're not. They're going to be awful. They are. Remember that next week when every team in the league's doing awesome stuff for for their draft day parties and and the bronze were like yo dude just drink in the parking lot across the street you can go to melt before i guess god literally dude i've looked into god. like a bunch of nfl teams their draft day stuff is awesome browns like yeah the muni don't even come all the way over to the stadium we hate you sit over there in the muni lot we're half, it's where half the people watch the game anyway. World champion Cleveland Cavaliers defending their title. Indians making a run towards another World Series. And still, Northeast Ohio sports. Dude, we got to talk about the Browns. We got to talk about the draft. Guys are idiots, dude. Why, oh, why do you keep doing this to yourself? You know what? I want to thank this guy for actually sending this in. Casey uh, tweeted this in. It was like, did you know that? I didn't know this. This London game is one of our home games. Oh, so we only have seven we homes. We only got seven home games. Yeah. Whatever. You know what? Thanks, NFL. Yeah. You know what? Here's the deal. Play them all in London. Put them all on at 930 in the morning. That way I'm still asleep and I don't have to watch it. Rock 106.9 does workday double pay every single weekday. We give you $1,000 every single hour, 6A to 9P. Your second opportunity from this program happens right now. Joe on Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. 8.30, we have a pair of tickets for the Warp Tour July 18th out of Blossom. We'll pass those out 8.30 on the program. We'll get into this a little uh, further later in the program, but I just heard about, uh, well, was reminded about this, that today is the one-year anniversary of Prince Stein. R.I.P. He's a big one. Big artist there. A year. God, man, it's been flying by. Yeah, that's that's that is pretty surprising that it's been a year already. I would have guessed six months if somebody would have asked me on that. Time flies when you're having fun, buddy. I would have taken the under on the year. When do I start having fun? What does that happen, dude? When you go to hot laps, baby, get it in there, ding, dude. <laughs> Jesus, man. I feel like you broke up with your girlfriend and your new one's like the bartender at nah, Hot Laps nah. and you're trying to like get it in. Unless my girlfriend got a new job, which Let's honestly, sweetheart, if you're thinking about it, no. you know, maybe it's time for a career change. No, if you're thinking about it, it's time for like, you know, a therapist change. What are you talking about? Your girlfriend's way too nice. Yeah, she is. Can't have it. So a lot of people, and especially uh, the older generation, they like to bag on the millennial. Yeah. Okay. And once again, I'll say it, and we've said it before, dude. Millennial doesn't even mean anything anymore. No, it's it just a hipster. Means, just means you're younger than me and I don't like you. Right, exactly. But the Census Bureau put this stat out, and it's pretty interesting. Right. They say a third of 18 to 34-year-olds in the U.S. live at home. Okay. Now, again, this is how stuff gets like passed around the internet and people get angry about it. Okay. And again, it's because they don't all the way read it. And... I read into this. I was like, wow, that's a lot of people, 18 to 34, living at home. But I don't think that that's probably crazy. I'm sure this has been you know, a trend for a while. But this includes dormitories. Oh, is living at home? Is living at home. Because uh, they, uh, your parents are probably helping you pay for your college education. Sure. I think that, I mean, doesn't that, because you read the headline, and the headline is, most millennials live at home. And then you open this up, and it's like, well, they expand it to dormitories, though, which isn't, I mean... 
I guess, yes, you go home during holiday break and that kind of thing. So technically, you're still living at home. I guess, yeah, I can see how you it, can kind of get there. Well, and if you're if you're including dormitories, but it's not like you're not doing anything to better your life. When you say, oh, they're living at home, you're painting the picture that, like, oh, they're just living at home, living Watching off their cartoons. parents, right, smoking weed all day. When it's like, dude, honestly, living at home for a lot of young people, it's a good financial decision. Like, you can, you can say, oh, you're 22, you're supposed to be out there and be independent on your own, but it's like, dude, I'm working two jobs. I don't have enough money to cover my student loan debt, let alone my car payment, my cell phone, all these other things. I don't want to live at home, but this economy has kind of forced me into that corner. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think, honestly, I I don't know this to be true, but I would suspect that it is. That honestly, this is one of those things in America where we put pressure on young people to get out. Where I think in other countries, it's more like a communal, like people live together longer. Yeah, generational living is definitely more common in other places in the world. Living with your grandparents all the way through your kids, where like, dude, you might have four generations in one household. Now, I'm not saying I would necessarily want that or anything, but it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a two sided coin when you talk about like millennials getting out on their own, because on an individual level, I will patch you on. On the back for making the decision to live at home because it's like, yeah, dude, you can't afford that. Buying a house right now, are you absolutely crazy? But on the other hand, from like a bigger picture, I need young people to be out there buying cars, buying homes, because that's how the economy grows. So like we all get it's like it's like it's like spending money at the Mecca of consumerism where it's like, well, yeah, I want to buy the cheapest thing available to me. I have to buy the cheapest thing. Right. But when you do that, you're undercutting the entire like system there. Cutting off your nose to spite your face. Right. Among 25 to 34 year olds living at home, one in four, one in four between the ages of 25 and 34 who still live at home, is neither enrolled in school or working. That's bad. That's a lot, man. 25% of, and that's that's the older half of millennials. 25 to 25 to 34. 34. That's the older half of millennials there. More 18 to 34-year-olds live with a parent than with a spouse. Yeah. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Now, <laughs> the reason why they bring this up is they say... um, That's a major shift from the 1970s when young people were more than twice as likely to live with a spouse than they were with their parents. But again, people are marrying later in life now. And I think if if you were to ask me, I think, again, I'm not married and I don't plan to marry, but I, I think waiting until you're older to get married benefits all of us. I think honestly the mo- the longer you wait to get married, the probably less likely you are to get divorced because again, like I was saying about college the other day, right? I was like, you know why people hate their student loans? A college is way too much money and you're having to spend too much money, but B, you're also spending that money on something you picked when you were 19. And now you're 40 or now you're 30 having to still pay the like, this loan and you don't like what you chose. That'd be like if you still had to pay for your flame tattoos on your arm that you got when you were 18 and you're still paying exactly. for those on 30, you'd be like, God damn, I already regret it enough, let alone I'm now still I got paying money for the goddamn it. thing. Exactly. And I think marriage is very much the same thing where it's like, dude, if you get married too young, you're, you haven't figured out who you are yet. It's it's really being unfair, this this study of to compare the 1970s and what young people did then. Can't do that. Because in the 1970s, in the 1950s through the 1970s... Doctors cigarettes. Well, yeah, and you could, you could, with a high school education, walk off the graduation stage into the factory, work for 30 years, support three and a half kids, have a white picket fence, your wife could stay home making food all day. Millennials don't have that option. That is not available to them. So that I feel like that's, that's really unfair. It says here, most of them who live at home but neither work nor study have a high school diploma or less, about a fifth have a child, half are white, and the majority are male. 
and about a quarter of them have a disability. Again, well, that's how your numbers are going to get so high there. Right. Come on, white guys, dude. We got to step our game up. Almost 9 in 10 young people who were living in their parents' home a year ago still there today. Um, I guess you do have to factor that in, too, is how long is this lasting? Because as a 20-plus-year-old, there were times when like I fell out on my ass, and I'm like, dude, i got to move home for three months, six months. You I know, moved for, home four times. For, I, dude, four times probably sounds about right for me, but it's just... It, it, there, and I didn't leave till late. And there was just points of like... All right, I'm here for six months, but I'm not staying here. This isn't like right. this isn't the cure for me. But if you've got if you got that many people staying for over a year, that that's that's a problem. I left really early, came home fast, and then I was there again pretty late. Like I remember hearing my parents like bitch about it, and I just I, again I had been kind of drifting. I had been kind of like I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew what, like the like the dead end jobs I had weren't enough. And I had been kind of like coasting through life. And then uh, like uh, like a tragedy had struck my brother and his wife, and it like shook me to my core. And was like, bro, that was a four-month-old baby that fought for every month of her life and then died in your home. You have wasted 25 years of life, you pathetic loser. Get your life on track. Get it turned around. It took that for me to be like smacked in the face. And I remember my dad saying to me, like, see, Daniel, this is life. This is how fragile it can be. You were given a ton of opportunities and you're wasting them. And I just honestly, I woke up the next morning after that happened to my brother and his wife and there was a pit in my stomach that I just couldn't get over. And I had to make a change. And that's how I ended up coming to find this. I can't knock millennials. I think young people have lived at home forever. I think this is one of those things where where an old reporter at (laughs) Yahoo wanted to write and wanted to write the word millennial to get the clicks. But when you read into this, it's really not all that alarming. So as I'm one of the these guys who will jump up and down on your backs, millennials, and I'm going to later about Starbucks. By the way, we okay. are, we are. Right. I believe me, the, the, the sucker punch to the millennial is coming. But I got to get your back on that one. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Six nine. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Rock one of six nine eight thirty. Get hooked up with a pair of tickets for the Vans Warped Tour July eighteenth out of Blossom. Also eight ten on the program. You get a thousand bucks. It's pretty awesome. It's a big 8 a.m. hour there. That's a pretty big one right there. Yeah, it's good stuff. thousand bucks. I like it. Yeah, like I said, I just got my state tax return yesterday. Right. I was like, I'm going to make it hail in here. And then I was like, nah, I probably should just put it in the bank there. Put it in the bank there. That's probably the right call. Yeah. I can't wait to get my federal. I want to upgrade some uh, some golf equipment, but I'm going to I'm gonna exercise restraint and not do it. Good job, buddy. Yeah, I am. Good job. I'm going to exercise restraint and not do that. Now, I, what I'll say to you about that is, is like, Treat yourself. Like don't don't be like, oh, dude, it's all gonna be used responsibly. Like tax money, yeah, yeah. Treat yourself a little bit there, but it's a uh, it's a good call not to blow the whole wad. You know what I'm Can't saying? Can't do it. Can't do it. Want to buy new irons? Not gonna do it. All right. Maybe one new iron. Maybe a new pair of shoes. Here's the thing. I ooh, I do. There are a pair of foot joy shoes I want really bad right now. And honestly, I need on. Uh, I need getting a little loose with that word there. But a uh, <laughs> but a Titleist Vokey 48-degree wedge would yeah, be great. It's a need. That's a need. That's a need. <laughs> it's a need. You know what I mean? Dude, trust me. Dude, you don't think it is. Suzanne Summers will be on the TV later today talking about how <laughs> there's a guy named Stansbury in Ohio who, can't, who just can't seem to dial in from 130. And if you get him his 48-degree wedge, you'll be able to do it. Food, water, shelter, human compassion, and and new wedge. You know, I did find just a little needs. bit out about my golf game yesterday. <laughs> I So after work, I, I snuck out of here pretty early, and I went and played nine over at Skyland, right? Okay. 
and uh, it's, which, by the way, that course is in pretty good shape. Did you head out there by yourself? Yes. All right. And that's, so he, that's why he's feeling and good. And so you're right. Because here's what happens. It started off poorly. The first two holes were bad. Yeah. But when I play alone, I'm able to like take a deep breath and go, what are you doing wrong here? Focus, bear down, and then get it back on track. If I'm with other people, dialing back in, if it's loose, is gone. Because people are talking to me about other things. And here's the worst thing in golf. What is that? Is that if you hit three golf balls poorly in front of somebody else, they automatically now know how to tell you how to fix it. And Oh, I'm sure. And it makes me want to smack people with clubs. Because it's like, dude, I've had real instruction. From guys who have played on tour. Like, I've taken the, you know what I mean? Like, I've been shown. There are two guys who I will listen to about my golf swing. Both of them have the last name of Wanger. Outside of that, I'm not interested in really hearing it. And so, like, when people do that after you've hit a couple of bads, it makes me crazy. I would assume so, dude. Nothing more, I don't want to say emasculating, but nothing gets into your head more than knowing that the guy behind you is judging you, dude. It, right. it sucks, dude. It, it's it awful. Sucks. Yeah. It'd be like if you're sleeping with your wife and I'm in the on-deck circle, you're going to be nah, like... Not- doing that right you're not doing that right you didn't like that at all exactly you can't have it so but yeah i did i got it turned around a little bit yesterday near the end of that round feeling pretty good probably gonna play today good feeling good physically i feel like you've played a lot of golf recently and that can sometimes be an issue yeah so far this so far these old this old bag of boats is holding up uh, who's played more golf recently you or trump Oh, Donald Trump has. Donald for sure. Trump? Yeah, honestly. All right, so people have been asking me about this because there's been this thing that's been floating around on, right. on the internet right? from the big lead. And it's all about, like, he's been asking a lot of celebrities to play. President Trump you're talking yes. about. Okay. And so th- it became this ethical question. If you got invited to play a, a, a round of golf with Trump, would you do it? And I'll be honest, people have been sending me this thing and saying, hey, have you seen this? I'm interested in what your opinion is. And I've stayed away from it, A, because it's got Trump in it, and that can be a very polarizing thing right now. And B, I just don't think most people care about golf enough, right? But I was asked the question, and yes, the answer is yes. First of all, I'm not important enough to get that audience, right? No. Like, nobody, it, he doesn't care about me at all. But in the hypothetical world where, it, hey, Stansberry, you've been extended the invites? Of course I would. A... He's going to take you to Mar-a-Lago, which is going to be an amazing course to play. And if I get the chance to talk to the president, I don't care who the president is. I want to. I want to do. That. I want to be able to say I've done that. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? I I, I interviewed Joe Biden the day Obama got elected. I, I didn't agree with everything they thought either, but I wanted to be. I wanted to have that moment. I'm not a golfer, and I'm not a uh, a, a Trump backer per se. Um, but I would, really, I, but I, would, I did not know that. But I would totally take the invitation and 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 you know, kind of pay respect to the office and and still disagree with the guy. But if I'm being honest, that boy's got to start playing less golf. He's got to start playing less. He, dude, he all he did was bag on Obama for how much golf he played, and. I know deals get struck on golf courses. I've struck deals on golf courses. So, of course, once Drug you start getting at that label, the, that level, they're... <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. I'm sure it was very funny. I said drug deals on golf courses. <laughs> See, it was very funny. But at some point, you got to stop going to Florida every chance you get to taking people to go play. Well, yeah, and I mean, deals are done on golf courses, no question, but that's like when you have to go out and schmooze somebody. When you're the president of the United they'll States They'll come anywhere you America, want. Yeah, they'll come and see you. Not only that, he owns a club, dude, he owns a club in D.C. Like, play there, maybe. I, I again, I, I hate to knock a guy, because I'll play sometimes four times a week. 
You know what I mean? But again, I, I do mornings on a rock station, and, and it's very different. My responsibility yeah. list is very different. very different. Like, as long as I read two, three hours a day, I'll probably be able to get through my job. Now, reading's a lot of what that guy has to do, but he's got plenty to do. I, honestly, he's been playing a lot of golf. Like, a lot. That's coming from a guy who plays way too much. He's been playing a ton. It's a little crazy. You know what's happening, and I'm pretty excited about it. What is that? Is the Johnson Controls Hall of Fame Village. Oh, Johnson Controls. I'll just clap for you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for blessing our city. Listen to this. I gotta be. I do have to be quick about this. Sorry, because I got a little too far into Trump. But the Hall of Fame right. Village is going to serve as the site for NCAA D3 championships. Awesome. The Hall of Fame Village will be the site of three NCAA championships awarded to the city of Canton for the 2020 22 uh, to the 2022 seasons. Now that sounds far, but it's really not. No. So just a few years right around the corner. Visit Canton Stark County uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau partnered with the Ohio Athletic Conference and the official NCAA host institution to submit 17 NCAA championship bid proposals. We ended up landing three of them. The Pro Football Hall of Fame collaborated with the groups to attract title games to the Johnson Controls Hall of Fame Village. Canton and the OAC have been selected to host the 2020 and the 2021 NCAA Division III football championships and the 2022 NCAA Division III men's volleyball championships. Um, all great stuff there. Obviously, as the Hall of Fame Village becomes more of a reality, more and more stuff, it, like this is going to fall into, sure. into Canton's lap. And obviously, it's a great thing. I remember last year, was it two years ago, we had the World Series of football where like teams from other countries came oh, in. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. You know what I'm saying? Stuff yeah, that like was that. cool. And uh, one of the things worth noting about, that. about Division Three college football, um, and it had this championship series happening and our championship games happening in Canton is essentially, and it's not too far of a stretch to think that Mountain Union is essentially going to have home games here. And I don't know, I don't want to say that's unfair because it is what it is. Alliance and Canton are two different cities, but essentially, but essentially you've got three years of Mountain Union home games in the championship. So oh, like, I like it. Yeah, I like it. I do it, of course. I mean, I want to see the Purple Raiders do their thing. <laughs> if this was Illinois, we'd be right, bitching. Right. We'd we be would. complaining about it if this was something else. But, you know, they, 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 they've put themselves in this situation, so I'm not going to bitch too much about All it. All three of these events will take place at the Johnson Controls Hall of Fame Village, a $600 million mixed-use development <sighs> underway at the Pro Football Hall of Fame's campus. Johnson Controls, too. $600 million. The 2020 and 2021 NCAA Division Three football championships will be played at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, a world-class sports and entertainment complex that will open this summer for the 2017 Enshrinement Week powered by Johnson Controls. I'm reading that from ProFootballHOF.com, their official website of the Hall of Fame. World class. Canton, Ohio. We're talking about Canton and we just said world class, dude. I mean, right? $600 million? Well, I, unbelievable. Here's the thing. You got a football Hall of Fame and you got world class radio shows. There it is. You, right ju- there. You, just, you just take what you're given <laughs> and you like it. We've been talking about it all week. The marijuana industry is just flooding the country with money. And a guy has made so much money in Denver, and you won't believe how he did it. You get that and $1,000 next on The Stansbury Show. Talk 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansbury Show and Rock 106.9. You're about to be $1,000 richer. Your next keyword right around the corner for Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. It's every single weekday, 6 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at night. Every hour. Keyword. Thousand bucks up for grabs. Just smart. Just good business. I don't love everything my company does, but I do like that. Very smart. Also, still to come, Warp Tour tickets up for grabs around 8:30 this morning on the Stansbury Show as well. 
I'm gonna try to uh, I'm gonna try to keep my emotions in check here. Okay. Right. Yesterday was 4:20, and I kind of started the whole show yesterday and ended the show kind of talking about how annoying potheads can be with like 4:20, bro. Local pipe fitters 4:20, bro. It's just kind of stupid and kind of annoying, right? And then, but I kind of got into yesterday about how, like, how much money the marijuana industry is bringing. They say it's going to balloon from last year at six point seven billion to over like twenty two billion by twenty twenty one. A lot of money. A lot of money. A lot of money. And I've kind of made the argument that it's like, guys, we just need to move past our fear and like, let's just legalize. Let's just watch the money fall, and everybody will be happy. And all this stuff. And I understand there's the gateway drug arguments, but I make, I mean, do people are now dying in the street, laying face down in the street over heroin. The gateway drug argument, it's here. And I mean, at the end of the day, aren't all the drugs gateway drugs? Aren't, isn't isn't right. beer a gateway drug? Right. But there's a guy in Denver, Colorado, where they have legalized recreational marijuana. Mike Eimer is his name. And he says pot is his passion. God, he sounds annoying. Pot's my passion. Yeah, that does sound annoying. It's pot. Michael Eimer saw an early opportunity to cash in on the 1.3 billion legal marijuana industry. Somebody should. (laughs) I mean, good for him. How do you do it? And so in 2014, the year it became legal to sell recreational weed, marijuana, in the state of Colorado... He did, and was early on it, before anybody else, founded the Colorado Cannabis Tour. The the business began just by a model, and he was driving four people around in a sedan to check out a couple of dispensaries. These days, cannabis tours take around 200 people in six party buses every weekend. Wow. The bus ride itself is the main attraction. Tourists get to check out a few dispensaries, including Medicine Man, the Walmart of Weed is what they're called, and as, as well as a live glass-blowing demonstration, which i got to be honest with you, glass-blowing is one of those things I wish I knew how to do. Not just to make marijuana pipe, but you can make a bunch of stuff. I, I just That's always interests me. I wish I could learn how to do that. Imer, 35 years old, a single dad, runs his company out of his house. He ranked in. Listen to this. $1.8 million last year. Wow. 2017? Wow. He's already up 66% this year. Wow. That's a lot of money, dude. That's says, a lot of money. He goes on to say, I keyed into the business opportunity early on. I've always had some involvement in the industry, even before it was totally official. Then seeing all these changes happening in Colorado, I just thought it was the perfect time to seize the opportunity. And how smart is this business model, right? Because there are going to be people who, like you and I, if you and I were to go to Denver, we wouldn't need this dude. Right. Right? We'd be like, ah, we're a little savvy. We'll just look and Google and find this. But squares who are going to visit Colorado for other things... You're going to get the out-of-towners. Honey, we're in Colorado. When in Rome. When in Rome, right? And they're going to want to do this without having to figure out how to do it on their self. Get on the bus. We'll take you around all the places. You can try all the stuff. You don't have to worry about driving. This is so smart. That's the thing I was going to say is I, I, I would say that this is a pretty smart idea just because you're doing it responsibly. Like, it's I'm not driving. I'm not, I'm not going to visit six dispensaries, get blunted up at each one of them, and then drive back to my hotel. Like, now you have a little bit of like, yeah, I'm doing this responsibly. You're, 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 you're busting the stereotype there. The stereotype is, bro, dude, smoke weed makes me a better driver. No, it doesn't. Oh, I saw that. 
the other day no, it online. doesn't, and there's no such thing as and that. Especially, especially if you're, like, blunting out all day long, dude. You're just sitting there getting high at dispensaries. Dude, you're going to be way too high to drive. Way too high to drive. So, like, yeah, dude, this makes all sense in the world. And hats off to this guy and anybody else who's ballsy enough to take that first step of, like, you know what? I know that people are going to make money off this. It might as well be me. It hats might as well to, be me. Hats off to that guy. I totally agree. And the weed makes you a better driver argument. I saw that online this week. No, it doesn't. This is like, I hear bartenders say this all the time. I'm a better bartender when I drink. No, you're not a better bartender when you drink. You're having more fun. And so you think you're better at it because you're because you're drinking. The Trust me, the consumer doesn't think you're better at it when you're drinking. And your boss certainly doesn't think right. that you're better at I, it. I mean, not dude, even close. I, again. You can get upset with me at my takes, but I'm at least honest with you. You're not a better driver when you're smoking weed, and you're not a better bartender when you're drinking. No. And marijuana can be addictive, but that's not a good enough reason to to, to withhold it from adults that can handle it. Um, yeah, think relatively low overhead on that business. All you do is you got a bus. You're not buying the weed. You're not doing any of that stuff. All you're doing is driving them around. I'm sure the insurance is probably a big uh, sure. is part of it. But he's running it out of his house, so the overhead's going to be a little bit lower. Yeah, yeah. Smart, like smart businessman there. 1.8 million first year, up 66 percent already this year. Yeah, marijuana's the silver bullet, y'all. It's the silver bullet. Let's get you hooked up with $1,000. Let's do that right now. Scansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Scansbury Show, Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. And minutes away from getting you hooked up with those Vans Warped Tour tickets as that show rolls back to town July 18th out at the Blossom Music Center. Right there, you just heard a little puddle of mud. And those of you in the know kind of know that West Scantlin, lead singer Puddle of Mud, has had his issues. Lots of them. Lots of issues. I mean, there was once upon a time he was on the stage claiming somebody like stole his house. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that Remember one. Remember that one? He's had, yet again, another incident. Right in the middle of She Hates Me, he just like storms off the stage. That video is online for you at WRQK.com in the Stansbury Show section. I think we may have found the trigger. I think the song She Hates Me yeah. may be the trigger. I think, honestly, because, dude, his actions are obviously drug and alcohol induced, right? But why people sometimes will run to those things is over bad breakups and the like. I think She Hates Me is actually a truthful story from his life. And I think sometimes, dude, he's a miserable SOB and he's up on stage. He has to start playing that song because everybody wants to hear that and control. As long as he plays those two, you're going to be happy. And every time he's just getting through it, he's like, yeah, dude, you know what? Thinking about it, that woman sucked. She sucked. I'm out of this. And obviously, I mean, this was Puddle Mud's first hit, really? First album, right? It had to be. Yeah, I believe so, right? So yeah, early this in their, that, early in their career, you got to think, 20 years later, oh, my God, we're playing the same goddamn song again. Oh, I still hate that oh, chick. Oh, now, oh, and, and, and listen. They've probably been back together and separated a couple of times. Sure, but... Like, I don't know, dude. Get up there and play your goddamn song, dude. Like, when I saw this well, video, you're playing the ribs burn off in Topeka. Like, you can just get up there and play your song. Or don't. Right, like, that's right. my, like, like, right? Like, but if you're going to get up there, play the whole show. Right. The Topeka, or just go away. The Topeka ribs burn off crowd deserves a song and, and to, to, to deny them of that. Just I can't on, believe dude. we got Topeka people away from the rib tent to go into the <laughs> entertainment tent. I can't believe that happened. But West freaking out, storming off stage can be found WRQK.com in the yeah. Sandsbury Show section. Another video making its rounds. 
And this is up for you as well. We have a little audio from it. Um, all these food companies now, fast food kind of started this, and now like these coffee shops are getting into this, where it's like they create a specialty product to increase like, you know, people's fever for the brand. Got to try it, dude. Yeah, I mean, there's a million examples of like, oh my Triple god, double everyone's contract. doing it, everyone's trying it. Oh my god, the double down. Look at that chicken instead of bread. I got to eat it. <laughs> I do want one of those now. But Starbucks is like very good at this kind of stuff. And they find themselves always in the news uh, and always like top of mind for people over something that they're doing. They're very, very smart, Starbucks is. And they've released this thing, and I haven't had one yet because it doesn't even look appealing to me all that much, is the Unicorn Frappuccino Blended Creme Drink. Dear God, I don't even want to say it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Stansberry is very anti saying dumb things in a drive through line, not on the radio. He'll say, whatever, I'll say dumb things <laughs> on the radio. About the news? Say plenty of dumb stuff about that. But, but yeah, I don't like saying the cheeseburger names. Yeah. When it comes to like named like food items, Stansberry gets very, like, I don't want to say it. I just, don't want to say just baconator. Yeah, I don't. Just put a number next to it. I just <laughs> Which, I like numbers. I, I mean, it's weird, I guess, because you love fast food, but hey, dude, I mean, you draw your own lines. It's a struggle, man. It's a struggle. <laughs> but they've released this thing called the Unicorn Frappuccino. Now, I could tell you what's in this thing, but I don't have to, because one of the baristas from Starbucks... That means coffee makers, by the way. Some people are like, barista, what? I'm a mixologist. No, <laughs> no, you're a bartender. Yeah. You're a bartender. I'm a barista. I'm a mixologist. No, you're not. You're a bartender. <laughs> you just work Quit Starbucks. trying to make you, yo, you fancy, right? <laughs> Quit trying to make everything sound so fancy. But a young kid who was working at Starbucks has lost his mind over this. Does not like having to make these things. We have that audio. Let's run that. So, as most of you know, um, I'm None of us know. at Starbucks. None of and, us know that. Um, the new Unicorn Frappuccino came out today. And for most of you who don't know, the Unicorn Frappuccino is a mango base cream frappuccino, uh, no coffee, and basically has sour stuff in the middle. It tastes like a sweet tart. So, because it's been so popular online, everyone's like, oh my gosh, I need to try it when it comes out. Well, today it came out. And I have to tell you, please don't get it! I have never made so many frappuccinos in my entire life. My hands are completely sticky. I have unicorn crap all in my hair and on my nose. Well, hold on. That's not that bad. Unicorn poop is actually something people breathe in while they're vaping. So is it really that all that bad to have it all over your hands? Probably not. People vape it. All in my hair and on my nose. I have never been so stressed out in my entire life. Oh my god. If that is where you're going with this statement is I have never been so stressed out in my entire life. Dude, you got a tough life coming up. Well, yes. <laughs> like you got yes. a tough one coming up. Now, however, do you think you could be a barista? Um, I mean, if if it was like, yo, Fantone, you're, we're, we're subbing you in right now, yeah, I'm going to suck at it. But if it was like, hey, you have two weeks of job training and like, here's, I think I could be a Starbucks employee. Yes, I think I could get that done. I don't think I could do it. Really? Why? I think eventually, uh, now here's the thing. Could I, could I get through it? Yes. But I think I walk off that gig. I think, honestly, I would have, by the time you were done ordering, I would already forget what the first three words in that are. You've seen that meme online. If your coffee order has more than four words, you're part of the problem, and I agree with that. Like, some of that stuff, skinny half whip, this and that, I could, I, like, I, I, look, I can't even think of it to say it. It's like all this stuff, I'm standing behind line, and people at Starbucks, I'm like, what in the hell is that? I know, I, it's certainly the joke, and, and you know, it, it exists for a reason, but, like, people are very specific about anything they consume, whether that's, some people are very specific about anything 
anything they consume, that's whether true. that's a mixed drink, whether that's a a food, and they're like, oh well, yeah, I want I want combo number seventeen, but instead of this, I want that. Instead of this, can you do this for me? So it's not exclusive to uh, to Starbucks, but it it does exist for a reason. No, that coffee thing seems to be a little annoying. Been so stressed out in my entire life. It has been insane. If you love us. As baristas. We don't. Who who loves you as a barista? Nobody, dude. On the face of the planet. We it's don't. like, dude, you know who we really need to take care of? You know who the underprivileged is that, that needs an upper hand in life? It's the baristas. Nobody has ever said that one time. I mean, isn't Starbucks the company where you can work 20 hours part-time and they give you health insurance? They also give you college reimbursement? You can work part-time, get health insurance. If you love us as baristas... Don't order it. It's so difficult to make right after the other. And people were coming in left and right, drive through and in the front. We don't know which type of frappuccinos go where. We just hand them out. So, for the love of God and everything that is good, don't get the unicorn frappuccino. All right. Now, I, I do. From what I've read, this kid's 19. Right now, weren't we all pretty bad at our jobs at 19? Sure. Sure. Right. You look at this kid and you can tell he's a teenager and like, yes, because, you know, for as much as people want to crap on him, dude, I'm sure when I worked at Subway and I was 17 years old you were and, awful. and people were coming in ordering BMTs, I was like, oh my God, there's three meats on that. <laughs> it's three meats. Stansberry knows. Oh, I know the meat count. No matter what it is, the meat count, your boy's on it. I got the meat countdown. You know what I want? I know what you want. Give me a little bit of him slow down, buddy. I love it. I love it. I want to bag on the kid, but I once walked off a job at like 16. Yeah. I worked at some like crappy 50s diner in Solon that's not there anymore. And it was like in the strip mall next to this logo was next to Codex Sports. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I was like 15 and I was like busting tables at like some 50s diner and it was cool because they had vanilla Coke on like fountain. And like the waitress was like some 60 year old broad who smoked like three cigarettes at a time just hanging out of, <laughs> you know, just like total flow. And like she was mean to me. And I was like, you know what? My dad picked me up from work. I was like, I'm not going back, man. She said awful stuff to me, man, and I walked off that job. So it's like I want to bag on this kid, but it really it's just me looking back at my life through revisionist history. I would have totally been this way. I would have totally hated making that damn thing. So you know what? Millennials unite down with the unicorn frappuccino. <laughs> I'm on your side. More Stansberry Show right around the corner and those Warped Tour tickets. Hang on. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have Vans Warped Door tickets. You'll get those here shortly. 1-800-243-7625. The number you'll need on those. Also, coming up 9-10, your next opportunity to win a, yourself a $1,000 with Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. We'll give you 1000 bucks at 9-10. See, we're changing lives in here. Yeah, we are. We change lives. So much so that, dude, I got to tell you about this. Yeah. So a guy named Paul listens to the program every day. Yeah. Wrote in during the break and he said, Sansbury, I got to give you some credit here. 
Okay. And I like that. Yeah, dude, that's all you got to do. Stansberry, I got to give you some credit. You were right about this. Yeah. That's the best way to get me to read anything. Yeah. But he says, you were ranting and raving about how good Mr. Hero is, and I had never been to one. What? So my buddy and I went, and he's like, you were right. It's delicious. And I was like, yeah. dude, that's great. I can't yeah. believe somebody hadn't been to one of those. I worked at one in high school, and I've loved it ever since. It's delicious. Honestly, um, the fact that it's a Northeast Ohio exclusive thing, I think sometimes people take it for granted. Um, but, dude, the one on what Tusk. What up, LeBron? The one on Tusk in particular, dude. Food's always hot. Food's always accurate. Place is always clean. That, I forget the guy's name, but that manager, yeah, Chico the Chico, manager, yeah. that manager, that guy is on his game in there. Dude, about to be eating Roman burgers right now. You know what they got for dessert there now? Roman burgers. <laughs> Just eat two Roman burgers. Uh, no, they've 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 got deep fried Twinkies available. Stop it all the time, dude. Here's the thing. All, about, all right, time. so let me teach you how to eat Mr. Hero properly. Okay, all right? here it is. Like, cause that, dude, everybody <laughs> screws this up. All I ever hear about is like the waffle fries and cheese. Yeah. That's fa- fantastic. Waffle fries are delicious. It's great. All right. But what you do is you save that cheese cup. You eat the fries with ketchup because that's where ketchup goes. If you save that cheese cup and you open it and you just take that Roman burger and you dip it in there, it gets better. The only thing I'm going to say about that. Now, your pants won't fit. <laughs> I've, uh, I've talked to my man Chico, and he'll sell you two things of cheese, dude. If you ask for double cheese, he'll, he'll upcharge you. If you ask, you. they'll actually put the cheese sauce on the Roman. <laughs> he'll upcharge you. But we call that the uh, Stansberry. <laughs> is that what it's called Yeah, right that is there. what that's called. That is what that's called. We do have a little audio from LeBron James after the big victory last night. Let's run that back for you if we can. just want to get better every, every year. And uh, I don't settle. I just don't settle for... You know, not being able to do something. You he know, does so, not. Um, just putting the work in, you know, and understanding that I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, the best shooter on the team when it comes to three-pointers that we got. That's so refreshing to hear him say that, that he's not the best three-pointer on the team because, dude, that is one of the things about LeBron that can get frustrating is when he insists that he keeps shooting outside shots. Now, I will say I believe that this regular season he had shot a career-high three-point percentage. That is correct. There we go. You know, the best shooter on the team when it comes to three-pointers that we got. So let me ask you, and I'm sure the analytics would tell us, who is the best three-point shooter on the Cavs roster? I would say Kyrie. If I was giving, if I was giving the ball in a clutch situation, game in, seven. Hey, game seven, you got to win this game. Here's the ball um, to take a three-point shot. I'm giving it to Kyrie. If it's just, hey, here's the ball, go do what you want with LeBron, it. Right? I'm giving it to LeBron. Re- yeah. LeBron, right? Because I, I was wondering because I know, um, well, I know Pipe's got the reputation to be a JR's good, great. Yeah, yeah JR is a pretty good three-point shooter. Kevin Love was one of the reasons why they brought him over is because he can hit the long ball. And I mean, you got Kyle Korver, who's an excellent three-point shooter, yeah, percentage-wise. Uh, Deron Ch- Williams, Ch- Channing Fry is a really good three-point shooter. But this is what the Cavs were designed for. This is what the Cavs came together for. They came in with a bunch of specialists when it's playoff time. It's not this team wasn't designed to be great for a long stretch of time. This team was designed to come in and win basketball games when you absolutely need to. Built solely to beat the Warriors. Yeah. Right? That's what I thought. JR and Channing and Kyle and you know and Champ, you know, and Kyrie, these guys got three point contest trophies in their house. So, you know, for me I just you know, just try to keep the defense you know, off balance. You know, and tonight I was able to do that. I was able to get into the paint, get to the free throw line, make a couple of shots outside and uh, just open it up for all of us. Dude imagining that being your job. 
not being LeBron. Imagine guarding LeBron being your job. Imagine that. Tough job. Every night you're driving to the arena like, what am I going to do? The guy's going to put up 30. He's going to put up 30. If he wanted, he could put, throw up 50. That's the thing about LeBron James. He could score 50 every night if he really wanted to. I, You know what I mean? Like, Imagine having to guard him because not only that, not only do you know you're going to give up numbers to him, but it's on television. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're and, not hiding that. And, I mean, it's it's LeBron at this point has a pretty decent reputation of spanking the Pacers, dude. I mean, you know, obviously the, the, the issues he's had with Lance Stevenson in the past. I mean, he made Jeff Teague, Jeff Teague his bitch throughout this series. And, I, you know, it, it's one of those things where, dude, it's the greatest player on the planet. So, yeah, what are you going to do, guard him? Um, but right. last night in particular, where you go into the half with a 25-point lead, and you're like, dude, we finally did this. Like, we've got him on the ropes. No matter what LeBron does, he's not going to be able to just muscle this team back into this victory. And you were wrong because that's exactly what LeBron did last night. The dude, exactly the dude put the team on his shoulders like he's done so many times in the past and, Every was, time. and was able to deliver um, it, arguably one of the most improbable victories of the Cavs history. I mean, you just you just did not think that this was possible going into the half. And 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 and, and, and the guy scored 41 points, 13 rebounds, and 12 assists. So but, Insane. So I know we're all happy today because they came back from like, what, 25 26 points, whatever right. it is. I believe it tied an NBA playoff record. So I know we're all happy about that, and rightfully so. Okay, We're up 3-0. That's pretty good. Sunday at 1, they play. Probably going to close out. And Which, by the way, how nice is that for guys who wake up really early on Monday through Friday? Like I know I know you're pumped to have a 1 o'clock game. Thrilled about it. I know dude. you're pumped for that. I love how in the in the first round of the playoffs, games start at 7 on the East Coast, where like the next two rounds, it'll probably be 8 o'clock start times. And everyone's like, oh, it's just an hour. But when you wake up at 3.30 in the morning, dude, an hour is a huge Changes difference. Changes everything. It's a huge difference. So are you not even, though, a little bit concerned? Because if you fall down 25 points, let's say, I, I believe they're coming out of the East, but if you fall down 25 points at halftime to the Golden State Warriors, you're probably not digging that out. Well, one, you know, one of the things that was worth mentioning with this was that, you know, is that the Warriors, or not the Warriors, the Pacers had a perfect storm yesterday in the first half where the Cavs were as cold as could possibly be, weren't able to do anything, and they were scoring at will. You're not always going to have that opportunity. Pacers scoring at will. Pa- okay. Yeah, Pacers scoring at will, Cavs not able to do anything on the offensive end. So, like, that's not always going to be the situation. And as far as, like, well, dude, could you get down to the Warriors 25 to, you know, points and, and, and come back? Uh, you'd think not, but you'd also think, well, if the Warriors have you down on the map 3-1, three three to one, one, are you coming, back, are you from coming back? And you'd say, no way it's possible. So, dude, at this point, I'm not counting the Cavaliers out of anything. I haven't. I'm not like, oh, dude, I thought they were going to suck. But, like, if if you don't realize that this team is capable of doing it, I think you're crazy, man. I genuinely do. I, I will always say, I said this about Tiger Woods. I'll say it about LeBron James. I can't count greats out. Do you see what happened with Tiger? Back surgery right now is what I heard. Yeah, yeah. I um yeah, do Tiger let it go. Yeah. Just let it go. Just wrap up and be done. The reason why he won't, it's solely ego on Tiger Woods. It's because he wants four more majors to tie Jack, and you're never going to do it. I mean, it's tough when you're one of the all-time right. greats. Arguably, I mean, I guess it's not even an arguable thing, right? Tiger's the greatest, right? 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 No, uh, maybe not. I, uh, I still think, for my money, Jack Nicholas is the best competitive golfer. When you're in that conversation, though, it's a very tough it's thing Michael to LeBron do. It's Michael LeBron there. I mean, it is kind of that. If, 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 and I'm not even, you know what, I'll take that if back. I'm going to say when, 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 when the Cavaliers win this championship, is that argument over? 
Is that argument? Because in my opinion, dude, if LeBron is able to carry this team through, how is he not the greatest of all time? If you beat the... If you beat the team last year who had the singles, you know, the regular season record, 73 wins, all-time great regular season team, you beat them, and then they in the offseason add Kevin Durant and you beat them? Hard to argue. Right? Because at some point, what you got to start doing, like I said yesterday, you can't solely make it about championships. Otherwise, Bill Russell's the greatest basketball player ever to play. Right. Jordan's not even in the conversation. Jordan's not even in the conversation, right? So, like, you can't make it all about championships the way Jordan fans want to. But, like, if you beat KD and the Warriors, at that point, what you got to do is you got to start to go through Jordan's championships and be like, well, who'd you beat? Who were on those teams? And I don't know, they may stack up. I, I'm just saying, I think that would be the more fair way to start looking at it. Well, worth noting a couple of stats from last night regarding Mr. James. Uh, last night, he moved up in three different categories when it comes to all-time playoff numbers. Those Past categor- Kobe, right? Those categories include uh, career playoff three-pointers. LeBron James has hit 295. That Jeez. puts him in number four of the all-time three-point shooters in the NBA. So wow. he's fourth, fourth best at that. When it comes to career playoff rebounds, LeBron James is now number six. Seven, sitting at 1,787 rebounds. Dear God. Closing in on Carl Malone right there, about 300 rebounds off. And when it comes to career playoff points, LeBron James moved ahead of Kobe Bryant last night um, and established himself as the number three all-time playoff scorer with 5,670 points. That's about 300 behind the number one all-time career playoff scorer, uh, Michael Jordan. So at this point, LeBron is going to surpass him in playoff points. He's already passed him in basketball minutes. He's already passed him in basketball games played. I don't. I, I, I don't see the argument for Jordan anymore, dude. I've said, I'll, dude. I'll argue it a million different ways, but LeBron James, greatest basketball player of all time. You can't make a championships otherwise. It's Russell. You know, it's uh, a part of the equation. It's Bill Russell. It's yes, a part of the equation for sure. It is. For sure it is, because nobody's ever going to call somebody who didn't win at least one championship the all-time great. Dan Marino, Charles Barkley, a million different guys that we can point to of like, ah, you were good, but you weren't good enough. Probably going to be the story on Russell Westbrook, right? Transformative, really good, but you know what I mean? He's probably missing that window as he's getting a little bit older, and you know, I, it doesn't seem like they have the roster to help him get all the way there. But that's probably going to be the story on him. But yeah, I, I, I've said, I think LeBron's already done it, but that's just my personal take. You need $1,000. We have it. We'll give it to you next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. If you missed yesterday's show, podcast it there, right around the corner. Your next keyword for Rock 1069's workday double pay, $1,000 up for grabs here shortly. Do that in just a few minutes. Uh, so we were talking LeBron before the break, and uh, a couple of people not willing to let it go just yet. Good. And um, so it says here, if Jordan had played this long, he would have had better numbers. And... Well, first, I'm not going to knock LeBron's durability. I'm not going to hold his durability against him, right? That's that's <laughs> yeah. crazy because that, that, that's about keeping your body in shape and like you know being available is one of those things that, that that's it makes you valuable, it right? Certainly, it certainly makes your career better. Like being and able to play. Jordan left the sport twice. Also, should be pointed out because everybody goes three peat, then took a year off, then three peated, right? When Jordan left that team the first time, they won two less games the next season. Two less games. They went, I think it was 59 to 57 wins without Jordan. So the whole Jordan played with nobody argument, it's time to shut up. If LeBron left the Cavs tonight, 
you would give them zero chance to beat the Pacers. Yeah. Having a three-game lead, sure. you dude, their their odds would would plummet. I mean, look at the difference between when the Cavs had LeBron versus when the Cavs didn't have LeBron versus when the Still Cavs had, had LeBron. Kyrie. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 obvious that the guy um is a a huge part of any team that he's on. And like, dude, I love how people want to crap on LeBron for resting when dude Jordan took years out of his career. Left the sport. Years yeah. out of his career. I, I agree with that. I do agree with that. I think the resting is an issue, though, for the NBA. I, I do sure. think it's an issue. But when it comes to, like, if you're just comparing the two players, we're not talking about, well, what is the NBA ratings? How does that affect it? No, no, no. Dude, two Jordan yeah. left for years in his prime. So if, if, if LeBron would have taken a two-year break in the middle there where it was like, you know what, I'm just going to put my feet up and, and relax or go play min- or minor league baseball or whatever. But, dude, uh, it would have to be I, this is it would have to be tight end. This is this is just one of those situations where people are, don't want to give up on how great it was when they were younger. Whether it's music or whether it's sports or whether it's TV or whatever it is, yes, of course when you were younger, it was the best. All-time greatest. Dude, LeBron LeBron has beaten Jordan when it comes to rebounds in career, when it comes to assists in See, career. See, sometimes it's Friday at 9 o'clock and I just don't want to do uh, stuff. There's, I mean, there's just a million different avenues where we can point to where LeBron has surpassed this guy and and, and nobody's going to give him that credit. Oh, well, oh, Jordan, he had by himself. He was, uh, And people always want to play that game, too. Well, what if the Cavs played the Bulls uh, you know, you can't do it. Well, you're right because at that hand p- check rules. There's all kind of stuff. At that point, we have other players in the equation. You know what I'm saying? Well, was Scottie Pippen better or was Kyrie better? Was, who's more important, Horace Grant or Kevin Love? And we're talking about a million different things there. That is a good we're question. We're talking about a million different things there. If you really want to put it into the hypothetical world of of, of how that player is going to, uh, versus one player versus one player. How do I fairly do it? It's not a one-on-one game. No. Nope. It's not It's not their team versus their team. It's get in the goddamn clone machine. And if I take 15 LeBrons against 15 Jordans and I play a five-on-five game, LeBron wins Every single time. You can do that with any player in the history of the NBA. If you take 15 Kareems versus 15 LeBrons, LeBron wins. Here's the thing. I kind of want to see that game because what, what LeBron and Jordan do have in common is this. They play a different style of game. But what they both have is they're both offensive freaks, but really, really good defenders. Not at the five, dude. Put Michael Jordan on LeBron on the on the post, dude. Put him down on the block. LeBron playing oh, back up to Jordan. Yeah. Dude, LeBron wins every time. And, yeah. and you can say, all right, well, then if it was Kareem, and then you put Kareem versus LeBron at the center position, sure, he gets exploited. But, dude, put Kareem at, at point guard and try to watch him bring the ball down the court. LeBron will steal that every single time. It's asinine, dude. Dude, you, LeBron James, greatest player of all time. <laughs> we can't even appreciate it while it's in front of us. No, I've said it all week that there's this thing. That we don't like greatness in our time. The American sports audience likes to tell great sports stars, you wait your turn. We'll decide when you're the greatest. And it's five minutes after they retire. The love affair, like look at the love affair this country has with Brett Favre. If I ran you down Brett Favre's accomplishments versus another Hall of Fame quarterback, his stats, Brett Favre's stats aren't really all that impressive. They're not. But we have a love affair with him because he was Mr. Durable and he played every Sunday. And you love watching the gunslingers sling it. But, dude, if I showed you his interception totals, you'd be like, oh, my God, I don't want that quarterback anywhere near my team. We tell athletes when they're going to be great. And I'm telling you, five minutes after LeBron says, you know what, I'm done, 
we're going to, well, A, the NBA is going to freak out. Who's the next LeBron in the NBA right now? People tell me that Carl Anthony Towns is the best young player in the NBA. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm told that. But um, here's what I know. He's faceless. That's what I was going to say. He's faceless. Is, is, is I can point to the Greek freak and say that, well, he's certainly, you know, the, the, the up-and-coming LeBron, but he's not a superstar. He doesn't have that 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 that, that personality. LeBron is a, a, a perfect storm of, like, dude, he's a phenomenal basketball, our greatest basketball player of all time, is a stand-up human and 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 is willing to take the, the, the weight of, hey, I've got the entire association on my back. You're not going to get that in another dude. You know, it's a, it's a once in a generational player. You know, one of our Twitter's followers just just exposed us for what, and and rightfully so. He's like, you know, Stansberry sometimes will just get Fantone all fired up, <laughs> then he just sits back and watches how he freaks out about LeBron, and he asks this question: How on earth is that not Employee of the Month leadership? <laughs> <laughs> You're damn right, Anthony. You're damn right. You guys need a thousand bucks. We have it. Let's get you hooked up right now. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. We still have those Vans Warped Tour tickets. We'll pass them out here shortly. Nearing the end of the program. I gotta tell you, man, today kind of flew by for me. Flew by, dude. I don't hate flew that by. on a Friday. I don't hate it. Not at all. Do not hate that at all. I read something this morning that I was sure that I was gonna end up finding out was not true. Alright. But I've done a little research and it seems as if it is. Now, parents, this affects you. Doesn't affect me as I don't have children, neither does Fantone. But if you're a parent, this totally affects you. So somebody sent me this yesterday, and it was lifehacker.com was the website. And that's why when I read it there, I was like, this uh, can't geez. be right. Yeah, anytime somebody says they have a life hack, it's like, well, okay, what, what is it that you need help adulting with? Adulting. <laughs> life hacks. I don't feel like adulting today. Okay, all right. Right. That's why your credit score is 400. Right. <laughs> Everybody yesterday worried about 420. Maybe you worry about that 420 credit score, bro. Maybe that's what you need to do. 421 National Drug Test Day. Whoa! National Whoa! Drug National Drug Test Day. Gotta leave the jokes to the professionals. We Some, probably should. Somebody else other than us. <laughs> we we probably should. Yeah, we probably should. So I read this at Lifehacker, and I was and so I just you know I put a pin in it. And I was like, you know what? I'll check into this tomorrow morning. There's no way this is this is factually correct. But again, I just Google searched it, and I ended up at Ohio.gov, and it turns out that it is. All right. Okay? And that is the state of Ohio has no minimum age at which a parent can leave their children at home. Now, I don't understand that because we've done stories where parents have been arrested for leaving their children at home. And even like, I mean, like letting their kids go outside. There's been like, oh, well, dude, walking to the park. Right. All right. Well, I guess there's a difference between letting your kid out into public by themselves versus letting them in your home by by themselves. Yeah, that would be a little bit different. So I have all the states and the minimum ages at which you can be left home alone. The oldest in the United States. The oldest age comes out of Illinois, if I'm reading this right, and 14 years old is the minimum age of a home alone child. (sighs) Dude, 14? I already had a job. You know what I mean? Like, I, I legit already had a job at 14. Is that's, that because Home Alone was out of there? Like, <laughs> They're worried about what that's going to be? That, that, that's way too old. That seems old to me. Yeah, 14. I mean, listen, you're still a dumb kid. There's no question. I mean, you're a dumb kid for, for quite a while after that. But, like, dude, you can be allowed in Home Alone. The youngest listed age of minimum age of Home Alone children 
we're apparently you won't be in trouble. The youngest listed age is Kansas, and they come in at six years old. That's uh, that was from the Kansas Department for Children and Families. Reports that obviously, and this is going to apply on both ends of, of of the spectrum here. But like, obviously, a part of this has to be knowing your kid. There's going to be six year olds who are capable of something like this, and there's going to be fourteen year olds who are incapable of something like this. So I don't know if there's any one True. definitive like line in the sand. That's what makes it so hard to figure out, right? Like, where's where's the number? Where's the where's the, what should that be? Michigan says eleven. Too old. A lot of them are coming in at 12. Colorado, Delaware have it at 12. Some of them are 10. Tennessee is 10. Washington is 10. But Ohio, none. And that's... None? Not nine? None? No, okay. none. None. The Cleveland Law, Home uh, home Alone Children, is is uh, it was the reference for that. Like I said, I Googled this. Um, so I didn't just take Lifehacker at their word. I looked at, uh, I did a little homework this morning, and it turns out there's no technical age at which minimum at which you can leave your kids home alone. And here's the thing, Fantone. Fantone. Let me see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven. Almost thirty states have have no minimum age. That's crazy. Right and now, well, I understand that part of it is is like, well, how do we figure it out? You know, and but figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I mean, they're your kids. It's your home. I mean, right? It's like once a month, you and I come in here and we talk about a story about how you know. CPS rolled into somebody's house, took their kids away because they left them at home to go out. But what we always kind of talk about, well, I guess it depends because it's like if they're going out to the strip club, we all act like, oh my God, what a travesty. You're the worst parent on the face of the planet. But if they were going to work, it would be like, you know, it's underprivileged people and they got to go to work. Or if they were just staying home and they let their kid walk to the park, we'd be like, yeah, of course you're going to let your kid walk to the park at 10 years old. But if you left the 10 year old home to go to the bar, now you're a dirtbag. Circumstances do play a big part of this because you got to think too of like, well, how long are you going? going to be gone. I think I was probably seven when my mom started like leaving me and my brother home. I mean, three years older, so I guess there's a little difference there. But like seven. So he was ten? Yeah, and that was probably, well, it was maybe a little even earlier than that. I would probably say eight and five. is He was probably eight. And that would be like, hey, I'm going up to the grocery store for ten minutes. Make sure your brother doesn't die. Like That's what it was. It wasn't like, alright, I'm going to work for the next eight hours. You kids just fend for yourself. But obviously as we got older, as you kind of progress in maturity, it's like, okay, well, I I left you alone for 15 minutes last year. Now I can leave you alone for an hour. And by the time you get to 10, I think you could probably be home alone. I don't want to say indefinitely, but like you can be home alone for extended periods there. This is one of those things. We're talking about the minimum age in each state in which you can leave a child at home alone. Ohio has no age on record as, as when that's like acceptable to do. And I have an opinion. I have a number in mind, but this is one of those few moments in life where I don't know why I have the opinion I have. What is it? My, for some reason, double digit seems right. 10 seems right. 10 to you. seems right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, eight, nine, 10 is where I'm at. So, like, yeah, at 10, I'm not going to argue with it. I mean, that, there, there's something. If somebody to it. said to me, you can't leave a child under the age of 10 at home alone, I'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, you know, not I mean, that a ten year old could run your house or anything, though. Like, no, you know what I mean, no. But and once again, it's it's how long you're going to be gone. It's what you know, what kind of kid that you have, and I think a part of it has to be too is like, well, what time of day is it? 
Because if you left your kids alone for three hours at night, regardless where you went, we'd all think you're a dirtbag. If you did it in the afternoon, you'd be like, ah, it's okay. Well, she had to go somewhere and you're do right, something. Which doesn't but make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't make zero sense because at night, the kids are asleep in their bed doing nothing. At, at, at three o'clock in the afternoon, those kids are out there. They're running around. They're supposed to be doing their homework. Like, there's a lot more crap you can get into. So I could have a one-year-old put him in the playpen and leave my house and I'm in the clear in Ohio? Parenting's awesome, right? We should have kids, dude. <laughs> like, if that's well, all First you of all, we <laughs> shouldn't have the children. <laughs> but like, we It's should. a new day. It's 2017. <laughs> Nobody's going to judge us, goddammit. Tell us we can't have kids together. Do, do you want to adopt a kid? <laughs> we, might, we might have to, <laughs> now that we're talking about it. Uh, yeah, I didn't know. Here's the thing. I, I had no idea I was allowed to not raise it. Yeah, I, that's I all you got to no do idea. is not raise it. That sounds terrifying to me. Now, I'm one of these guys, I worry about you know enacting too many laws, but sometimes you have to create laws to protect stupid people from themselves. And let's be honest, you look around at people who are dragging kids through stores and you think to yourself, that person should not be a parent. Yeah, this isn't protecting them from themselves, this is protecting them, their kids right, from them. Right, right. Zero minimum age at which That's you can leave a kid home and alone in Ohio. And like I said, I looked into this, multiple sources are all telling me the same thing. That to me seems insane i think it's 10 i think you get to double digits and then yeah you know get them a fake id let them buy beer do the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding we close out the stansbury show and get you warp tour tickets that happens next hang on six nine and all i gotta say is it's friday and everybody help me say the sinner's prayer say oh god oh my name clint parker melinda brown Duncan, baby my katana i am delivered kick the dust up bunnies don't poop eggs <laughs> because that was the kind of music they used to, to you know summon demon austin 316 says i just whipped your ass you're f***ing your girlfriend in a public restaurant acting like a prostitute don't you wish you could meet a whore like that? A lot of men are looking for a good whore that'll put out for free. Me and several other of the DJs will be out there hanging out. It's at Jay Pepe's. There's a dirty little secret. You gonna die doing this dumb ass? Yeah, fucking fool. Open your mouth so I can give you this milk. Open your mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learn quick, fast, and hurt. He has a five, a five time, a five times earned What? I love the poorly educated. So the Indians come to town and sweep the Twins. The final today, the Indians six and the Twins two. Tonight, the little boy is stuck using a pool noodle to find his way around. He's at risk for HIV, hepatitis C, herpes, gonorrhea, chlamydia. Calling out all your fellas and ladies. STDs are tearing through folks in their 80s. Facebook thugging is a crime. You told me to leave wallet in my order while you're making out with that slut. No, this is wrong. Oh my God, look at what you did to him. And you know, this is terrible. This is terrible. I'm 46 years old. You know, bring your kids and your I have to take off my shoes and run. So kiss my black I used to be that whore. Chest bumps abound. The Cavaliers come from 26 down to stun the Indiana Pacers. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9, nearing the end of the program. We have those Warp Tour tickets. We'll pass those out here shortly. Should remind you of this. Stick around after we're done. Fishhead gets you hooked up with $1,000 at 1010 this morning. 
He has your next opportunity to win yourself Rock 1069's Workday Double Pay. We'll give you $1,000, $10,10, you get your next keyword. Get those bubbles going. Get that cash going, baby. Get that cash moving around. I like go it. To, go to Hot Laps. I like it. Of course, dude. Hey, right back to the beginning. Everything starts and ends at Hot Laps. So before we get out of here, I have to address the Michael Jordan v. LeBron conversation one more time. Bring it. One more time. Good. And, and, and here's the thing. All right, because this guy's actually bringing me a different argument that I have not heard before. I've heard the championship argument. I've heard the three-peat argument. I've heard the, you know, this whole thing. But Neil wrote in, and he's bringing, and I don't know if this means Jordan is better, but there's definitely, this does not get examined as often. He says, I'm a hometown guy. I love all Cleveland teams, and I love LeBron. But I'm also a huge MJ fan, and no one ever seems to notice or talk about this. He says in Jordan's era, with those phenomenal stats that Jordan had, the average score end of game was 62 to 70, and then even lower, and he got those kind of numbers when we were scoring like that. LeBron, he says, although best in the world right now, with getting numbers after the amount of time he's played, also MG two years college, but this past 10 plus years, the average score at the end of the games is 103 to 120 per team. It's insanely higher, much less defense is being played till the playoffs, and yes, it's a ton, but it is true, and the game's not as physical, so it makes scoring easier. All right, but Austin Carr played when the three-point line didn't exist, so we can talk about, well, this, that, blah, 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 blah. You can't... I can't put I can't put LeBron in a time machine and send him back. I can't put Michael Jordan. I can't get a, a a clone of him at his age right now. You can only judge these guys by the eras that they play in. And who knows? Dude, the argument of oh, dude, LeBron wouldn't even have been physical enough to play in the Jordan ah, era. Ah, dude, look at LeBron's Stupid. body. Look at look at Craig Elo. Craig Elo was guarding goddamn Michael Jordan on the on the shot on the most iconic thing he ever did. It was Craig Elo. You're telling me LeBron couldn't play with Craig Elo? Is that what you're telling me? Is that what you're telling me? Because that's yeah. wrong. Because that's wrong. Okay, now let's let me ask you that question, right? Because that arguably, up until LeBron won the championship, was probably the best Cavaliers team ever, right? Yeah, yeah pretty close, oh, yeah. right? I mean, if not the 07 team that he took to the to the finals, but yeah, it's definitely up there. Which one of those starters <sighs> back on that team would LeBron had to have sit behind? None. None of them. None. Of Nobody. Them. Right. None of them. Not right. a one. I mean, I just, I, I think the guy is just. None of them. You, you, nobody's ever going to call you the greatest while you're still doing it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I take that guy's point, but like, well, would Jordan have been able to have translated his game into this high-powered offense? Would he, or would he have fouled out, you know, playing in this era because of the change in rules? We're living—I mean, we're living in a hypothetical, and that's why sports exist, and that's why we can all talk about it at bars. That's why shows exist, right? right? And that's why we can all do this. But, uh, dude, I don't. And listen, is there—is that a point for Jordan? Sure, but a point doesn't win the game for you. You know what I mean? So, like, it's okay. Fair. All right. Well, that's one point for Jordan. Well, assists goes to LeBron, and rebounds goes to LeBron, and minutes played goes to LeBron, and games played goes to LeBron, and points. When it's all said and done, LeBron is going to end up scoring more points. So it's just what are we going to do with these kind of arguments? Because I believe now, maybe I'm wrong, but I believe we are going to get a shortened NBA season. I do. I think it will happen. I think you're starting to see players really want it. They they seem to have the power. Um, you know, it seems like only the old guard, like the Pat Rileys and the Phil Jacksons, really have an issue with it. It seems like younger coaches, younger executives, younger players are like, dude, this makes sense. Let's play less games. What are we going to do in these conversations then? When it's like, well, Jordan won a championship in an 82 game season, and now these guys are winning it in 60 game seasons. Like, that's the only reason. Like, I understand people wanting to reduce the amount of games. Um, I don't like it. I would prefer we stay at 82, but I think it will move. But what do you do with those conversations then? 
that's the thing is that, you know, these are all different eras that we're talking about. What happens in the future, obviously, we don't know. What happened in the past isn't what's happening today. So it's, it's, it's unfair to be, well, you know, the average scoring. I just feel like that's. I also think the average scoring, the average score of games going up is not necessarily about less physicality, although I think there is less physicality in today's game. I also think it's the emergence of how important the three-point game has become. The three-pointer used to be like... Novelty. Yeah, it was like it was like it was like icing on a cake. A trick play. Yeah, it was like okay, every once in a while you'd see some. Now teams have figured out if we if we shoot more threes, make less. It's still more than making this amount of twos. The game shifted in how you score too, and I think that that's probably why game totals are higher than they were maybe than when Jordan. Played. And I think you can make the argument: well, basketball players are better now. You know what I mean? Like bodies basket, are better. B- basketball players are better. I, you could make the argument, and probably rightfully so, that the average. Basketball player is better than the average player was in Jordan's era. Like, like the fifth guy, seventh guy, tenth guy on the team, probably better than the tenth guy on the team back in the day. Yeah, I would say athletes are probably bigger, stronger, faster nowadays. God, that Gatorade stuff is pretty good. Bigger, stronger, faster. Drink some Gatorade. All right, Vans Warp Tour coming through town July 18th. That'll be out at Blossom. We're going to put you in the venue. Let's take caller 15 right now, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Again, Fishhead gives you $1,000 with Rock 106.9's Workday Double Pay. That happens 10-10 on uh, Rock 106.9. Aside from that, we're done Are for, we done? We're done for the week. Oh. Done for the week. Oh. Be back at it live Monday morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great and safe weekend. See you.